welcome to Critical Ditto, uh, your favourite Pokemon role-playing podcast. And I feel I can say that with confidence now, because we're on episode 70-odd, so if people are listening to this point, it's likely that they are fairly fanny, fannyous of us. Um, fannyous? Fairly fannyous. Fairly fannyous. <laughs> fairly fannyous. How do you know my World of Warcraft character? <laughs> And today, on uh, today on Critical Ditto, we're all playing our favourite MMORPG. Ooh. Oh, bloody hell. Okay. Uh, and, and me, Stuart Clark, the GM of the podcast, is just, I'm just over here on the beach grinding some crabs, just trying to get up to level 20, me. Uh, who's in my group? Who's in my party with me? Over to my right. Uh, looks looks like some kind of uh, some kind of roguish class over there. Is that Ali Hill? Aha, that's me. My name is Roguish Class, and I am playing the part of Kenny Mullet. And you're a druid, aren't you? <laughs> I am a druid who has shapeshifted into someone, a small, empathetic Irishman. Someone who knows about MMORPGs. <laughs> yes, someone not like me, who, when you said MMORPGs, I went, oh, no. <laughs> oh, Ali. Oh. Ali wasn't hunched over a computer at 50 years old, locked in a dark room, grinding on World of Warcraft. I think you were out playing football or something, weren't you, Ali? Oh, no, mate. It was Zelda for me. Oh, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. yeah. He's a yeah. single player. He hates socialising, Ali. Oh, I'm surprised God, socialising, awful. But you know who likes people? Kenny Mullet, the player I am playing in this Pokemon podcast. Uh, he's on a quest to save the world, I suppose, uh, and maybe sort out some stuff about his weird powers at the same time. Um, on his little Pokemon team, helping him out, he's got a Decidueye called Bowtie. He's got a moustache called... No, he's got a Gyarados called Moustache. Um, he's got a... Hol- <laughs> what is your moustache called, though? Called? I do want to know well, what your moustache is oh, called. Okay, Kenny has a moustache now. There you go. There's Canon. Kenny's grown a moustache. Oh, wow. And it's, and it's the same style. It's that Confucius-esque style that Gyarados has. Um, there you That's go, horrible. fanfics. Oh, Lord. I feel oh, like I every episode, Ali, you make Kenny less and less drawable. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, every time the fan artists think, God, please don't ask Ali about the Is that the really next Canon, Ali? Kenny's is got. it really, though? Yeah, that is Canon. That is Canon. Cannon. Um, uh, who else does he have? Honchkrow called Fedora, a Salandit called Hoops, a Kamoa called King Thrush, a Garvantula called Fleek, and a Spiritomb called Swirly. And I'm just going to uh, look across the sea of this beach, uh, wave at that desert island where I can see David Leavesley on his playing his MMO, um, presumably with a lot more authority than me. Hello, it is I, David Leavesley, and on my desert island, I'm playing playing the room that I ever played to an MMORPG, which is Habbo Hotel. Um, and I... <laughs> so David Leavesley, marooned on a desert island, has somehow used his wish for an internet connection and a PC from about 2001 with Habbo Hotel on it. Now hold on here, Stu. Let's have some imagination. You also get the complete works of Shakespeare and the I... Bible. <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, it is a hotel, of course, there's a Bible. Hey. Oh, there we go. There we go. I have used my wish to become an omnipotent being who uses his powers purely to create hotels on this desert island. I'm sort of like, I'm doing like a hotel tycoon, a but it's have a, have a hotel. Okay. I'm, I'm a god, but specifically the god of hotels. Can't do anything outside of that. <laughs> have absolutely no power. I just, I just, want, to, no I just want to interrupt really quickly to say this intro is nice and succinct and I'm pretty sure very easy to follow. <laughs> I, I like to think people, it reflects MMOs, people... Ali, and that it's incredibly bloated and too long. <laughs> If people have stuck around for 76 episodes of this tap, then I think that they're willing to hear us talk a little bit. It's their favourite podcast, Alan. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Um, 
So whilst whilst in my Havo hotel, I have taken on the persona, the guise of uh, the glamour, as it were, of Theo, a the uh, sardonic priest of the Church of Slow King, excommunicated. But now, where are we now? I mean, that's really the journey of, of this season for Theo. And back uh, on the church, Theo's though, team, baby. Back at the church. Back at the church, having some memories stolen, not using <laughs> luck points. And on Theo's team is a Medicham, a Kabuto, a Swadloon, a Barbarical, a Togekiss, a Combi, and a Slowpoke. Uh, and whilst I'm busy... Uh, finding my first girlfriend on the internet i uh i peer and, through and the window last. <laughs> <laughs> oh i've missed you guys um, played, Ali. as i as i stare out of the window of my hotel i see none other than tom dale somehow finding a way to turn this back on its head which is going to be impressive considering me and ali have both turned it on its head because we don't understand yeah <laughs> it feels i was going to say it feels a bit it feels a bit irrelevant, really. But uh, I, I did, I did mess up again, guys. I did. I, I got the brief and I misread it. I thought it was an MOORPG, so I'm dressed as a cow. But I guess you know, as as previously said, my my turning of it of the the brief on its head is is rather moot. Am I right? Oh. It's, a, it's a moot point. Um, I don't know what's weirder, that pun or the fact that Tom's a furry now. Yeah, well, I'm a furry, <laughs> but like, are cows furry? That's a big question oh, to yeah. ask. I think, oh, yeah. Oh, really? I think you could have I mean, a first Tom, if you want to Google it, if you want to Google no, cow furry, are. No, I don't. I think, <laughs> be my guest. Nope, 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 not going to do it. But um, yeah, so dress as a cow. I have one word for you, Tom. Udders. Oh, just that is such a haunting word there. <laughs> but um, I actually have a lot of udders with me. The first being Brandy. Uh, she is the ex-cheerleader of the Pokemon champion. And my other udders, who are actually sort of used by the main udder, are... Oh, everyone's looking at me like they don't like the udder imagery. But I was like, you brought it up, so you, you have to live in the udder land. So udder on the left, let's say the bottom left udder, is uh, Wimpy the Lopany. Then the one next to that is uh, Gary the Drapion. The other, one of the middle udders is uh, Snorleone the Munchlax. Then the one next to it is Dr. Bunnelby the Bunnelby. Uh, then the top, we're now on the top two udders, and that's Flower the Meltan and Lightning McQueen the Carcoal. So if you remember, those are the udders on the main udder. So that's I'm going to say it. Six this is going to be the most edited intro we've ever had. I hope so. <laughs> I think put it, you know, leave it, leave it raw, leave it raw for the furry fans, the furry udder fans. Don't out there. say raw and furry fans in a sentence <laughs> together. I beg of you. I beg Stu, of is you. this intro going how you thought it might? <laughs> I adventurous Stu, the GM. Uh, I'm actually on a quest. I need nine cow hearts. So, oh, there's a cow over here. Perfect. I'll just uh, take up my get it. Oh, no hearts, no hearts in this one. That's a. That's weird. There's a lot of cows without hearts in, but there is. A vial, a vial of what happened last time. What? What does that <laughs> mean? Your what? This item begins a quest. Previously on Critical Ditto. Amazon Prime leads you to a door at the base of the Knowledge Tower. Theo, please go inside. Very well. There is a barrier. The Mrs. W didn't realise. Wait, so this is a punishment situation? Goodbye. That Good to enormous memory-sucking Malamar. Emerge. Juliet, she's taking you somewhere. Optimus Prime has been tailing you. How do you scare this Optimus Prime Duraladon into submission? Flower, we're being intimidated. You gotta be intimidated. Meltan is, is disobeying you. Wimpy comes out of their ball. Lopen uses double kick on Meltan. And Wimpy uh, looks to you, Brandy, as if to say, right, this is what I should be doing, yeah? Um, where have you taken us? To my weapons lab. 
I was put to task developing weapons, all based around my poker powers. There is something that you could help me with. I've been trying to work on something that may temporarily disable or, or reverse the effects of a poker power. I wonder if I had a poker power with whom I could work with it. Perhaps I could strike the magical formula. Randy, your dad. You slowly turn and see, under the command of Optimus Prime, three unknowns, each with a specific poker power developed weapon, and they are aiming them at you. Theo sends out Hillary and Togekiss. The Psycho Cut is coming into Togekiss, and Togekiss is just like, no! And it slices through the tentacles of this Malamar, who flops back wetly. Hillary, fallen, but the Malamar, seriously damaged. Seeping suddenly some, like, unknown. They start circling the Malamars. Fused together. Imagine, like, a, a Malamar with eyes everywhere, and it's massive. Malamar. Folks, we are in Juliet's weapons lab. There was a very elaborate description of this lab in the previous episode. I'm not going to go over it again. If you want to, if you want to recontextualize, just go back and listen to that. It's tech-filled. There's tubes. There's plasma screens. There are row after row stretching to the ceiling of Pokemon weapons in cases, uh, each one visible through small windows. And in this space, Juliet has gathered you. Uh, but before she could fully extrapolate her plans or her desires to you, you have been interrupted because Optimus Prime did not escape in the previous episode where Brandy intimidated them. Oh no, they went to get backup and backup they have found, they have sought in the form of Big Ben, the London Dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> the London Landmark Alliance Ta has descended. All of the London, all of the London landmarks are, are at London to play. City Airport is like, can I join? Am I? Am, am I, I on that tier? Am I a landmark? London, London Luton Airport is like, can I come? No, you're not even in London. <laughs> Luton, you know where you are. You come know on, where mate. You are. <laughs> Uh, they have come with with a with a team of crack unknowns who have armed themselves with random weapons lying around Juliet's weapons lab and are training them on you. And you're not even totally clear why. It's a okay. I'm not going to say it's a terrifying image because they are unknowns and they're carrying weapons, but it's a it's an image enough to loose a pokeball. Brandy, you have Meltan, a Meltan who's just experienced quite a traumatizing experience with Wimpy, the Lopany and a double mm. kick and facing uh, off against the natural history museum yeah i know i know it well <laughs> kenny <laughs> kenny and you have fedora the honchcrow out have, um, yeah not not seen for a while it's been a while um david come with me to the to the to the side of the room uh and help oh, help to. me arm these unknowns Help me arm them. Okay. What have what have we what have we got? What are we what are we giving these unknowns? So wait, all three unknowns are holding different they're holding, powered weapons. Yeah, I don't want to call okay. them rifles. They're not rifles. Uh, one no. is a slingshot. This one is a slingshot, David. What type is associated with this slingshot? Uh, fairy. Fairy. Ooh. So it's it's unknown F with a fairy slingshot. Uh, we also have a trebuchet. <laughs> Oh my god! That's a siege weapon. An unknown. That's a big weapon. This poor unknown is like. <laughs> in a close quarters oh, fight. We fi I thought we were fighting more landmarks, not actual trainers <laughs> and other Pokemon. Sorry. I came ready to do battle with uh, the Eiffel Tower, but no. I'm so glad that somebody's going to fling rocks in this enclosed tower space. That's really <laughs> full, of, full of unstable weaponry. I like that they're all based on landmarks. What is, what is a fairy type landmark in the world? In the world. Stonehenge? Stonehenge? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, okay, so Stonejourner themed. Ooh, Stonejourner themed is nice, yeah. Although that's actually not, not a fair. Okay, so one of, one of them has a rock flinger. 
That's the trebuchet. It's okay. a Stonjona themed trebuchet. And they are representing Stonehenge. Can I, can I say perhaps not the best poker-powered weapon ever? Just a, a, a trebuchet that throws rocks, throws rocks, which feels like perhaps the least like Pokemon magic. Juliet, Juliet, is this poker-powered themed, <laughs> or have you just built a trebuchet, Juliet? <laughs> Ali, what's a fairy-type landmark? Um, do you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing you know those like trees in Singapore that look like they're from another world. I think they're artificial trees. Yeah, they're, they're in Singapore. Yeah. Do you know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I know the ones you're talking about. They're, they're, they're like the man-made they're trees. Yeah, they basically look a bit... But they're massive. A, they're, yeah, they look a bit sort of alien-esque. So this slingshot alley was built from the branch of an alien tree. There you go. There okay. Go. And Great. finally, the final weapon is a Beyblade. Tom, Tom, give me a give me a Beyblade-esque. A Beyblade. A Beyblade. Why, why, are you that, why are you that disappointed? No, I'm not disappointed. It's just, it's just like trying not... to think of a landmark that... For, the okay, charge, okay, I, that it's spins. the Colosseum. It's the Colosseum. The Colosseum of Rome. Yes, of Rome. Yes, sorry, to okay. clarify. The Colosseum in Rome, everyone. <laughs> Lots of Roman cities had Colosseums, That's Tom. That's true. That's Pompeii very true. had one until it didn't. <laughs> well, Jesus, don't bring up Pompeii. Too soon. That is outrageous. <laughs> 79 AD. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Way too soon. Oh. People died, man. Still not over that sorry. Doctor Who episode. Jesus. <laughs> okay, when we so say we've got... Beyblade, are we talking yeah. like Skyward Sword-sized Beyblade or are we talking human-sized Beyblade? I'm talking... I'm talking like... like, like like desk table sized. It's still going to let it rip, but it, it's, you know, that could so do damage. Summon summon Dragoon out of the seal on top of it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. What okay, type so... is the Beyblade Colosseum? Just FYI. Uh, the Colosseum of Rome is steel, steel, steel type. Okay, okay. Fine. So we have got, just to clarify, in case anyone <laughs> did case not you didn't follow, follow this, <laughs> we've got a fairy type slingshot built from the tree of the world tree or something. <laughs> I don't know, some something <laughs> from Singapore, Ali. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. So succinct. <laughs> I'm a storied, world-cultured person. Uh, we have an F unknown with that. We have a, a R unknown uh, with a, a rock-type Stonehenge stone slingshot trebuchet. And we have... Um, we have a steel-type Beyblade Colosseum of Rome with, a, with, a, with, a, with an S, an S unknown. These are, you, these are your three combatants. We will call them <laughs> the Colosseum, Stonehenge... And World Tree. That's that's who we've got. Okay. So I think I think we turn around and suddenly go, Oh my god, Juliet, this room is enormous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Listeners I... in Singapore, please don't write to us. We're sorry. I'm just gonna <laughs> apologize immediately. Why would they need to apologize? They've got the world tree there, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they do now. Why, why would they ever be upset? Okay, so David. David, I'm just gonna give you which 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 unknown would you like the most? Um I think I want to be the world tree unknown. I also really do. enjoy that we have a world tree in this story, and yet that maybe this was maybe this was but built I... with a branch of the Sephiroth tree. Oh, maybe that is. I think it was. So you've got the fairy, the fairy, t the fairy type one, uh, and I'll, we'll start with you, David. Who, who are they going for straight off? Who's World Tree targeting with their fairy type slingshot, which I assume just throws moon blasts? Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I yeah. think Ooh. that World Tree is going after. Well, it would be very foolish to go after a steel type. So, it's true. Oh, fair, oh, world, I've world just realised how bad. After. 
my typing is here against rock and fairy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Honchcrow. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's almost like we planned it, except if you listen to that segment, you'll know that we didn't plan it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think I'm, go- I'm, going after, I'm going after Fedora. Okay, Fedora, right you basically got some kind of slingshot moonblast coming at you. Um, no warning. Kenny, Fedora, how are you going to respond to that? Fedora, uh, dodge out of the way and hit it with a dark pulse. Punch! Okay, let's roll. Plus special, please. Honchcrow is a plus three in special. Oh my god. Those are Togekiss stats. Oh my god. She wasn't ready to fight Togekiss yet. Oh no, this is a boss fight. I don't mean to alarm you, it's plus three in special and in physical attack. Why have you not used Fedora more? Fedora got legendary status. Because I had to use Joltik, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, right, here we go. So, uh, I rolled a seven, so plus a three is a ten. Oh, slingshot. Okay, no so damage. So that slingshot misses that's straight into the wall. <laughs> there is a wall with nothing on it. There's like a, a two by two square. With abso- and Julia, Julia goes, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> I didn't ruin any of my research. <laughs> okay. That would have been a mixed success, Julia. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so let's do some damage. So Honchcrow is a uh, stage two still. Is that correct? I think that's fair. I've not used it very much. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, a stage two, so that's plus two. Um, unknown is a stage one, so that's another oh, plus right. one. So that's three plus. It's what not move super were you effective. Using? Oh no! Wait, uh, dark is pulse a, is, dark is super pulse. effective. It's, yes, this is why I used Fedora. It's not yeah. a fairy type. It's just using a fairy type gun. Oh. Okay, so that is not a four. Not a a slingshot. Sorry, a slingshot. Uh, a four plus your D four. Uh, so my D four was a two. So a total of six damage then. Six damage. This unknown has a harm capacity of three. Ooh. Oh, this is a starter unknown. World tree. World tree goes down tree. horribly. Oh, Ali, tell me about this dark pulse. What does it look like on this this poor unknown? I think what it does is it covers the entire sort of area around the unknown and the tree slingshot in darkness, and then we just hear a sort of muffled cry of pain from the unknown. And then the darkness slowly dissipates in a sort of misty cloud, and Fedora is just perched on the top of the tree, preening her feathers or something. So we don't actually see what happened. It's disappeared. It's gone. Oh, that unknown it's just is dematerialized. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's dark. Um, right. Next up is the Stonejourner Stonehenge. And it's not going to give Honchcrow a moment's respite here. It's, again, oh, bloody hell. it's not targeting the steel type. <laughs> Meltan's getting off so lightly. I love they it. may have low harm, but they know what they're doing. Okay, and he's going to do a rock throw. At... Well, hold on, it's going to turn the trebuchet, which is going to be three turns of combat. <laughs> okay, I actually, yes, actually, I should probably go last, shouldn't I? No, he's going right now and targeting you with a rock throw. Fedora, you're perched, you're preening, but suddenly you hear this. <laughs> and looks over to Fedora's left and flying through the air at an incredible speed is this hurtling piece of rock and this trebuchet has gone how are you going to respond? Kenny will say Fedora, stop preening yourself there'll be time for that later in allocated cleaning breaks hit it with a night slash Mm. Mm. okay beautiful we're all plus physical it's all plus three so it doesn't really matter plus three baby it's another seven plus three, so it's oh, another no. ten. Oh, Are you going to solo this? Is Hunchcrow going to solo this? Ah, fair enough. Okay. Um, well, do I even need to roll? You if it's actually plus three don't, harm? because your base damage of four against the unknown is already is already enough to take it out. So, um, yeah. 
she just she's been preening this wing but it looks like preening but actually she's just filling filling that wing with the remainder of the sort of dark pulsy energy oh, nice. and then she just flings the wing forward and it goes through the stone slicing nice. it in two oh. carries forward slices the trebuchet in two and then attacks the unknown Juliet's like my trebuchet <laughs> I actually made that <laughs> sorry Juliet oh that looks really complicated actually it was oh. really difficult to make the unknown flies backwards and explodes against the wall. The same, the same patch in the wall yep. That's, yep. that's just getting a lot Juliet, of damage. Juliet actually says, I actually put a magnet behind there. A psychic-type psychic magnet. Type psychic magnet. magnet. Just for this kind of an occasion. <laughs> um, okay, final final combatant, which is Beyblade, the, the steel-type spinning Colosseum of Rome. Uh, and do you know what? I want to give you the opportunity, Honchcrow. I want oh to give the opportunity God. to solo this um, <laughs> because I'm also interested to know what Brandy would do if, if Meltan does absolutely nothing in it's the quite, fight. Yeah, quite funny. Okay, so it's going for you again. It's seen you as the threat and it's... Uh, let her rip! It's firing. Gyro ball? Gyro ball is great. Gyro yeah. ball is great. Thank you. Oh, man, I feel very appreciative. Well, That's, yeah. Honestly, guys, anyone could have come up with Gyro Ball, not, not just, not but just you me. you did, Tom, but you well, did. You know, not all heroes wear capes, but you know what? Brandy doesn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts. Oh. Uh, Gyro Ball oh. is coming at you, Honchcrow. You've just done some amazing printing. I assume you're still perched on the branch of the tree. Perched on the tree need, at the middle. You haven't point. need to move, yeah. but it's coming at you. I think it's trying to cut down this branch of the world tree that was created into a slingshot in order to topple the uh, the perching surface of Honchcrow. How are you going to respond? Oh, uh, so Kenny has just accidentally demolished one of Juliet's weapons and is seeing another one be demolished slowly but surely. So says, um, uh, Honchcrow, we need to put an end to this really quickly. Uh, use another dark pulse. I'm not good winning points for originality here, but it's effective so far. Oh, Super cool. effective. So that is a total of a nine this time. Oh, finally. A total of a nine. Okay. So you still take it down. So you still, <laughs> you still, still do beat it. it, but let's see if we do any damage to you. I hope uh, it's zero damage. So I hope it's just like... Unknown's going down. Let's see. So Unknown is a stage one. That's one. But you are higher, so that takes it down to a zero. zero. And mm -hmm. it's not super effective, a steel type on a flying dark type. So it is all on this D4 roll to see how much damage. And I'll you at least do one this, damage. This was meant to soften you up a little bit, and it's doing nothing. <laughs> okay, D4, come on. It's a four. It is Whoa. a four. So the Beyblade actually does get through the, the, the branch of the tree. It starts tumbling down, and Fedora could just fly away but chooses, but chooses not, not, to. not to and falls onto the Beyblade, takes some of the hits. But with pure dark strength imbued in those feathers, crushes the Colosseum, even as it's spinning. Are you not entertained? <laughs> and with that, the unknown, who was in the Colosseum. <laughs> Why is this Hunchcrow not called Russell Hunchcrow? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, folks? Oh. Hey, Tom, Chrome wasn't built in a day. Oh, oh nice. Oh. 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 Okay. And with that, the uh, the unknowns are defeated. All of them. Either vaporised, gone, crushed in a Beyblade, slammed into a wall. All right, Melton. Now, two... <laughs> what? I... Wait, wait, there's going to be... Where is... Where is... I, I turn my back for a second to prep Melton and out. They're all... Um, is oh. Meltan out? Is Meltan, like, around? Yeah. Because yeah. Kenny noticed this altercation between Brandy and Meltan earlier. 
So Kenny turns quite uncharacteristically towards Brandy and says, um, Brandy, what was that? You were supposed to have my back. We're supposed to be a team here. You need to up your game, Brandy. How could you possibly let me down like that? Poor Honscrow, poor Fedora had to take on all three of them by herself and you just stood there and did nothing. You know what? That's... Yeah, you're right. We need to be. We need to up our game. We need to be better. We can't be relying just on you. I, I mean, well done, Honchkrow. That was amazing. But come on, Meltan, get your head in the game. We've got to be ready to go out the, to jump out the traps. Optimus Prime rolls up London Eye style and is preparing. <laughs> like the London Eye rolls up, as always. <laughs> just like the London Eye, it says. That's me. Whoa! And rolls up, ready to enter combat stage mode, which you've never seen this Optimus enter before. It could be terrifying until there's a... All primes return. All primes return. Incident reported in the Great Hall. All primes return. And Optimus stops, looks confused for a second, and then wheels out of the room, leaving just you, Brandy and Kenny, and Juliet, and some felled unknowns, and a slightly damaged weapons lab. That doesn't sound good. me next time brandy don't blame meltan oh, i didn't hear you say anything whoa hold on you a were the one, you, you no you were the one that let me down there brandy what? meltan didn't do anything i mean you is, need to up your game i mean this is this is madness this is absolutely ins- you you took them out before i even had a chance to do anything me and meltan were just getting prepped no brandy if you wanted to help you could have helped there and you did nothing i mean i this is this is great meltan what do you think meltan this isn't on Meltan. I, I mean, I, I appreciate it's not on Meltan. I think it was very much on the fact that you and Honchcrow just swooped in, literally, with your dark pulses, which is very impressive. But look, I hear what you're saying. We could have jumped in sooner, and we will next time. Right, Meltan? Meltan just does not know what to say. It looks terrified of you. Well, say something, Meltan! 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 And Meltan covers their tummy where they, where they were double-kicked. Meltan! <sighs> Brandy, do you think what I just did was was... Like, fair to no, you. No, not at all. We had literally no time to jump in. It's exactly what you've been doing to your Pokemon. Excuse me? You're blaming your Pokemon when they're trying their best. I know you. I trust you. Do you really think I treat you like that? Kenny, I don't appreciate weird therapy, psychological mind games. I prefer really? to Really? Just... Because one of your Pokemon's very good at it. That's true. But for me, the Pokemon aren't giving their best. I'm not giving my best. Because... If my best is what's been up till now, it's not been good enough. And if it's not good enough, then Formia has less of a chance. So we need to be better and we need to ex- we need to go beyond our best. And the only way to do that is to push ourselves. And I know it's horrible. Do you think I like shouting at Meltan? Meltan, look at me. Do you think I like shouting at you? Do you think I like telling my Pokemon that they need to be better? Do you think I like that, that I have to try and push us to that next level? Because I don't. But just... Just know that I'm shouting at myself in the exact same way all the time because we need to be better in order to win this. Meltan looks at you, Brandy, looks at Kenny, looks at Fedora, this incredibly strong, preening black bird, 
and um, Meltan takes their ball from your belt, Brandy, and puts it down between the two of you and looks at you and then lifts their small mercury foot over the top of the ball and, without speaking, communicates. I think maybe you'd be better off without me. I don't want to be causing you this pain. If I'm not good enough, then I should just go. I don't need to be a burden to your team. Meltan. 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 Meltan, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you can't ever be good enough. I'm saying that we as a group, we as a team, I'm not good enough. Wimpy's not good enough. Drapion's not good enough. We're all not good enough yet, but I believe we can be. And that's all I'm asking. Okay, Kenny, I take your point. Maybe this isn't the way to do it. Maybe I've been too hard on the team. But the thing is, Brandy, your method is working with the likes of Gary and with Wimpy, I suppose. But there's not one way to achieve greatness. There's not one way to achieve success and to make people better. You have to be more flexible than that. Almost as flexible as something made of liquid mercury. Meltan, no. I don't want you to feel not good enough. But I don't want you to feel like this is all you can be. Because I think me and you can be better. So how about you stick around for a bit? Stay out the Pokeball and we'll just just try and work it out together, all right? Meltan. And then I guess Meltan stands on my shoulder. Yeah, it's quite cute. Sure. Okay. Meltan's on your shoulder. Holding, holding obviously, their own, their little bell sprout. Oh, flower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Their flower. their flower. No, Meltan's called flower, yep. but they've got a bell sprout. I didn't, I, Meltan, I didn't ask, what did you nickname your bell sprout? Uh, Meltan. You nickname your bell sprout Meltan? Yeah, well, Meltan. this is confusing. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> it's your Pokemon. I get it. Anyway, Optimus Prime. Um, went to the Great Hall, which is where Theo is. Kenny, you think we should... Something's oh, happening? yeah. Um, yes. There was something I was going to say to you. Definitely. Oh. Oh, yeah. We, you, we, we've had, we just left the Great Hall to come here to find something out. But now we, we're saying we need to go back. Ah, it's all a bit... Maybe there's a decision mm. to be made here, Kenny. Uh, but first, perhaps I should elaborate on what I brought you here to say. Mm. The thing that I was going to say is... And we cut, we fade, we fade to black. <laughs> Who's that Pokemon? David, pass me the puck. It's open. Uh, I just... Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, shh. I'm going to shoot. They're never going to score against me, Ali Big Hands. Well, I've got your weakness, Ali Big Hands. I'm about to shoot this puck right into your... Midsection! Oh, we've finally done it! Uh, out of your mouth, Ali, uh, comes a midsection by Daniela Galt, who people might, might know as Jelly. I think this is Moby and Jelly. Oh, yeah, cool. I think this is Jelly. Hey. So, this is Jelly. Hey. Uh, one hey, of Jelly. our official critical litter artists. You may know Jelly from such great artwork as Brandy or Theo or <laughs> Kenny or the season four poster or many others. Um, and Daniela has said, wanted to submit something for a long time and finally thought of something that would be really interesting. This is, uh, uh, so Daniela writes, somewhere in Formia, there's a whole town of folk in a pokey, magically-induced sleep, a la Sleeping Beauty. The gym leader of the town is a child prodigy and psychic. She was known for having a special bond with psychic Pokemon related to sleep, such as Mashana, Hypnose, uh, Lunatone. 
She was also known for spending most of her time asleep outside of gym battles. Some investigators have speculated the town entered this strange sleep after one night where there were showers of shooting stars and recently Clefairy and Minior have been gathering in there. Do with that what you will. Just thought it was a bit of a spooky cute mystery. Spooky Jelly. cute mystery. Do you know what I immediately think of when I hear of Pokemon and sleeping things is a poker flute. And we have a poker flute based family as part of our story. Can we get the Falutans involved with this place in some way? Ooh, okay. I'm wondering then, so there's a magically induced sleep. Do we think that's from the actual physical location of the thing? Like it's not being caused by the gym leader? Is it at Formia's highest point? Where it's close enough to the stars. <laughs> it's got low, just got low oxygen levels. So everyone's yes. just passing out and associating it with with this poor it's just, Pokemon. It's not even a hypno or a, or a drowsy. It's just like it's just basic science. Basic. It's just like biology. a bell sprout or something. And and they're just like I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is where highfalutin hails from. Maybe like that's what drove them to invent the poker flute and have I a like poker that. flute business initially before the mm. money situation took over. Figured out how to get everyone out of sleep and rather than actually doing that, decided to sell them on a mass scale to people who aren't asleep, which is a crazy, but hey, made all the money. So Worked. well done, Hive. Well, the thing is, the people when they woke up immediately went, oh, what a beautiful sound. I would buy one of those from you. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then he, and then so he left, and now it's got this gym leader who is a, a young child. Why are psychics and children always like linked? Well, we would ask you that, but he's so busy trying to put his children to sleep, ironically, that he can't actually be here to he answer needs to that. Go to this so uh, he, needs he needs to, to go, exactly. He needs to pay this n currently nameless gym leader a visit. I, I blame Akira for the whole children <laughs> psychic thing. I think that they, <laughs> you know, they really establish like ooh. They're babies, but they're elderly, and yeah. also they're psychics. And I just yeah. feel like that's really trickled into culture. Anime is to blame. Uh, but what's the town called? Do we think this sleepy, psychic-y town? Don't say Sleep Town. Well, Don't say Bedville. I, I, I think its name is completely counterintuitive to sleepiness. I think it's like Pepston or... Peppy La Town? Like Peppy Le Pew, but it's Peppy La Town. Like Peppy La Town. Yeah, all right. Yes, yes, it got through Ali's filter. Oh, David's saying. I, David, I David, hate how David improv is a yes and. I hate how improv is yes and. <laughs> it really, oh, this is where Thomas, Thomas squeezed everything he can out of it. Is there, is there, is there a Pokemon with, with the word, with, with a pun, a pep-based pun? Peppy Le Pew is like a Pokemon, I would say. But but Pepe is a skunk. If anything, we should call it Skunkton. I guess maybe does this mean that in Formia there is a cartoon of a skuntank who is also a French Lothario? Yes. And that is what the town is. Because there's no Pepe Le Pew in the world of Formia. No. So there would have to be a skuntank cartoon that would be the association. So now we have a Pepe Le Town. So were uh, people passing out? Maybe people were passing out because of the bad smell. They were just oh. like mm. dropping. They were just dropping down because they were like, I, A, I have barely any oxygen anyway because this is up in the hip one mountains and b the oxygen i do have basically toxic the poker flute has restorative qualities based around getting rid of toxins and that's how people are waking but up do you know what we know about the poker flute is that it's a nose flute oh that's so true you've got to stick it up the nose and that's how they can breathe <laughs> 
essentially just like a gap. It's, it's as if planned. It's as if we planned it. It's as if we planned it. The only thing I was going to add is maybe the drowsies and hypnos of this town are the waste disposal workers. And so annoyed are they by the stigma attached to themselves as supposedly the causes of this sleep. When they can see that it's for all the other reasons, they have gone on strike, causing <laughs> all of this rubbish to pile up that has caused the smell <laughs> that is making people pass out. That is Thereby so actually Perpetua- fulfilling the prophecy. Yeah. It's a per- that yes. self-perpetuating yeah. prophecy that's going on now. Oh, I like this. So now, okay, so we've got the town, we've got Pepe Le Town, we've got the politics of Pepe Le Town, which are m- more ironclad than the whole of the Formian region now. <laughs> the nose flute was a way in which to wake people up from their smell stupor that they were in, that they've been mm-hmm. wrongly mm-hmm. blaming on uh, the psychic types. So now we've got this small child who's uh, in charge of the gym. And you think, I think the small child perhaps is maybe being used again in this plot by the waste disposal psychic Pokemon workers as like, actually it's their revenge on the general populace who want to come and fight. It's a way for them to get their energy out. So they just have a very sleepy child, um, uh, as their gym leader who doesn't give them instructions, they're just throwing trash. They just exclusively use the dark move fling. Like that's their big, <laughs> that's their big thing. And, and what's the child's name, I guess? So we've got Pepe Le Town. Wasn't there like an, an, a, a female equivalent for Pepe Le Pew? Shall I just type in Pepe Le Pew's female <laughs> equivalent and see what comes up? As if we're doing this. <laughs> okay, do you want to mm. know? It yeah. came up straight away. Yeah. Penelope Pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> I think there we go. Did, there we go. That's, she that's didn't the name have of the, the same girl. exposure, did she? Oh, okay. <laughs> no. So there we go. We've got Pepe, Pepe La Town, which uh, is a sleepy town caused by a bad smell. And uh, the gym leader there is called Penelope Pussycat, who is a small <laughs> psychic child who listens to the psychic disposal workers, which is exactly what Jelly had in mind when she gave uh, us yeah. this midsection. If you too would like to give us a midsection for us to do exactly as you planned, please email us criticalditto at gmail.com. And if you'd like to skip the queue, you can always become a champion on the uh, Critical Ditto Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash critical ditto and join at the champion tier. How do you like that, goalkeeper? Uh, no, I my, my team have now lost the big the big championship. Ali Big Hands has lost the big game. That's what happens when you when you play the Penelope Pussycats. Right, Penelope? Another legend toppled by the Penelope Pussycats. <laughs> It's Honchcrow. Well, that was that fight. Unknown's done. <laughs> nice in the bag. I feel like this one might be slightly harder. We are in the the knowledge tower. Is that correct? Yes, because you guys were in the power tower, weren't you? So this is the knowledge mm-hmm. tower, the upside down question mark unknown, and the spooky question mark door, which Theo was semi-coerced into in the previous episode by Amazon Prime, Mr. E and Mrs. W. And within this chamber, they found themselves in a trap sprung by the Church of Slaslo themselves uh, in an attempt to use memory-sucking Malamars, of which Mrs. W was very familiar, to extract forbidden memories from all of those present. Theo took arms and fought valiantly against Marks and Spencer, the uh, the two Malamars. <laughs> I totally forgot we called them that. <laughs> and although Hillary the Swadloon was felled in the battle, Togekiss, as she so often does, stepped up to the plate and delivered some 
crucial blows that would take these Malamars down. One lost all their tentacles, one lost their body, and then some unknowns from the side of the room. These cuneiform surroundings started to meld together, bleed into this horrific abomination, this eldritch beast, part tentacle, part unknown, all drifting, oozing mass of memory-sucking madness. And this terrifying creature is what now faces you down, Theo, in this dark, dark memory chamber. You only see flashes of it as flashes of unknowns illuminate from the size of the room, you see almost like a lightning flash, an eye, a tentacle, a beast, its beaky jaw opening and closing, pulsating as it looks to desires to wrap itself around your cranium and extract those juicy, juicy knowledge of brains. Who's out, Theo? Who is facing down this awful, awful creature? Am I allowed a second combatant, or is it uh, is it a one-on-one at, at this particular point? I think it's point? a one-on-one now. Okay. Well, Togekiss, you're here. <laughs> Way to go, Theo. You managed to make it mad. Excellent. Ah, oh, and what have you been doing? What have you been doing? Okay. I'm here to accept my fate. <laughs> I have been here slowly <laughs> quipping at the side. Yeah, I'm equipped. I do the quips. Equipped with quips. Ah, uh, church people just just quipping, quipping away at the side. Okay. Always asking questions, never sending out a Pokemon. This was part of the reason you joined. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. That was part of the part of the interview. Part of the, part okay, of right. No, yeah. Oh, so, uh, okay, we need to take this on. Togekiss, I need you to fight it, but also illuminate the room a little bit so we can where it where it is. Dazzling gleam. Okay. And is this is this a dazzling gleam in a creator advantage sense, or is it in a damaging sense? Um, I'm gonna say because you described it with a bit of both. both. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. 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 I like both. I was kind of hoping that we'd all just kind of throw both in, but I will go for, <laughs> you know what, let's, let's go for an attack. Okay, so it's a classic Togekiss plus special. Or is it? Or is it? Oh. David, David, I'd like you to roll a flat 2d6 for me. Oh. Oh my god, Stu's doing a thing, you guys. He's doing a oh, thing. He's doing a GM Stu, thing. Stu's thought of a thing and he's doing I'm it. Doing he's got thing. the GM eyes. <laughs> I'm doing a thing. I can see it in his Ooh. eyes. Oh, Ooh. Stu. He's got bored of Togekiss. <laughs> <laughs> he found a way to nerf Togekiss. <laughs> well, maybe. And it's to make up new rules. Yeah, I love much, it, Stu. Pretty much. We have, a, we have our own game. Use it. That's what I do. <laughs> this is called the Togekiss Addendum. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the playbook. It's, it's going in the playbook. So I rolled 2d6. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm sorry, Stu, but your attempts to nerf may not last today because it was a five and a six. Oh, <gasps> what? Oh, my. Wow. Fair enough. Do you know what? What's attempted to happen? Fair enough. What, I was going to say. Was I was going to say that it's almost like a wisdom saving throw, and that if you are, if it's a mixed success, you're going to take a minus one on all your rolls, and if it's a fail, you're going to take a minus two on all your rolls. But if it's a full, it's a full all success. I think Togekiss and Theo are just mentally so strong. I, I, Theo, Why are they rolling a wisdom saving? What is it just like? Just because it's an awful, horrendous creature that, unlike oh, just anything so any god would ever design, bad. like this is so beyond the realms of nature. <laughs> and Tom, I don't think. Tom, Tom, just yeah. think about tentacles. Think about I so can't. many tentacles, and they're all writhing on they're, you. On they're your like skin. others, but <laughs> they're not. <laughs> So many udders. <laughs> Longer udders, which no one wants. No one wants Dexterous udders. Oh, God. Theo, what, what memory, ironically, do you draw upon that, that gives you the resolve in this moment to not be completely panty-pooping? <laughs> panty, panty-pooping. Um, 
I, I honestly think that maybe the memory is just a gigantic incandescent Moltres. Like, Theo's seen some pretty Draw crazy on things. Your own adventures. So, absolutely. I think Theo's like, you know what could be worse? Could be could be a god of fire turning into a Moltres inside of a tree. Theo's like, you know what? Try me again. Try me again next time. Oh, okay, right. So roll your plus three. FYI, I think Mrs. W is quite freaked out by the Malamar and looks at Theo and is impressed by how little... It's like, this is a changed person. Ali, how's Mr. E reacting to the... Well, I was just wondering if maybe... Maybe we've got all three different reactions here. Mm. So we've got Theo is perfectly fine. Yep. Mrs. W is a little bit freaked out. I think Mr. E is so intimidated that it's actually like... I think they maybe try to... Maybe they go for Theo or something, or like... Oh, it's in try to feed they, they, Theo to the Malamar. Maybe they come for like... Yeah, they become an antagonist or something. I don't know. I feel bad for David I think here. Maybe, maybe Mrs. W dives in the way. I love that. To though. try and wrestle that. Mr. E. I love e. Mr. E wrestling Mrs. W. That's good, because then it gives David a bit of time to maybe like... It's not just all of a sudden inflicting something bad. Can I hear that, Ali and, and Tom? Theo, you've... Uh... You've changed. I am impressed. We, we are all going to die. I e. need to save myself. E. Theo, take Theo. Go. Oh, e, not today. Come on, E. Get it together, please. You're not the E that I know. E. And then with, I think Mrs. W and Mr. E are sort of wrestling around in this sort of... Are we in slime or is it like a... Um, yeah, is it black, dark? black slime. Sure. Black like slime. It's, it's just juice. It's like tank water and yeah. sludge. and It's sort of a weird, like, you know, sort of wet floor. Entrail. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. And oh, great. Phil, hurry up and beat this thing. I've said it before and I'll say it again, but the points of the compass were really intimidating <laughs> when I when I didn't go on a journey. I'll be honest with you. A while ago, I was really terrified by all of you, but you are just ridiculous. Right, Theo, dazzling this is glee. This not the time for character assassinations. This is the type of actual assassinating of the Pokemon. I was about to be assassinated and I am a character. <laughs> So I, so I, Togekiss dazzling gleam. Togekiss. <laughs> okay. Togekiss is like I've I've been around for fifteen generations of the church, and every point compass, every it's, compass it's point is exactly mess. the same. Yeah, absolutely always the same. Mess. Togekiss is like okay. it's a living. <laughs> okay. So oh, okay. So Togekiss uh, for dazzling gleam is two d six, isn't it? So it's a one and a six mm. plus a three. For a ten. Ooh, okay. One and six. Oh, it's tight. That was tight. But Tokikis does it because they're just so strong. Okay, so no damage in return, right, Tokikis? Stu says through gritted too. So tooth. strong. This okay, my final throw of the dice is that this Malamar is a stage four. I'm doing it. I'm sure. doing it. Do your worst harm. Come on. Do, yeah, do whatever, Stu. We know you're not being. <laughs> okay, okay. So this is a stage four, but it's not doing any damage to you. You are a stage three, so that's three. It's higher than you by one, so that's a plus two. And Dazzling Gleam is super effective against this Malabar mass of dark psychics. So you are doing two, so it's two, but then it's plus one again for the super effective. So it's three plus your D4, please, David. Thank you ever so. Mm. Come on, baby. My D4s are always so terrible, so... Jinx it. It's a four! There we go! It's a four! Love it. So that's seven. seven. Oh, my goodness me. Okay, David, what does this Dazzling Gleam look like, which completely dodges the... Oh, Ali, what, what even move was it going for with this horrible slurping tentacle mess? Uh, that sounds quite leech lifey to me. I love that. Yeah, it was Ooh. definitely going to leech mm. your life. Okay, but Togekiss, how do you how do you avoid this seething mass of flesh and blubber? 
Togekiss is aware that something that would be beneficial in the situation is to maybe illuminate the space as well as face this opponent. <laughs> so just because just because we're here, we've already we've had this attack. I, I, so in this situation, Togekiss doesn't just fire off like a single comet of light. In this situation, Togekiss releases a kind of meteor shower of twelve lights that just sort of scatter around the room, and then this light dancing across the dancing across the viscous fluid across the floor, and there's just ricocheting light everywhere. But it's just like it's like a fireworks display indoors it's like a terrible terrible decision in real life great if you want an aesthetically beautiful description of an attack um and these lights just are all dancing around the room as if they have a life of their own and then each of them like a small shooting star just hits hits into this creature while the room is sort of alive with pink light kind of hits each of the like weird unknown eyes mm. that have like now infiltrated the Malamar. Oh, it's cool. Stu looks furious. Some unknowns from the side of the room start flying at you, Theo, and they attach themselves to you. Unknown, 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 unknown. I didn't realise they were part of a part of a K-pop band. Unknown, 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 unknown. <laughs> Mrs. W, you see those unknowns starting to try and bury Theo. What do you do? Bury like it's like a mass of unknowns. They're trying to kind of swallow Theo like a mass. Theo's fighting them off, bashing them away. But there is this a sense that the, the unknowns are attempting to overwhelm. You see an opportunity. Mr. E has been... Flo- you've you've suplexed Mr. E. He is down for at least 20 seconds. I There's f- an opportunity. I feel like that needs a roll. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> Sorry, Mr. E. <laughs> You're pretty freaked out. I don't know. Um, Mrs. W, what do, you, what do you do? So I see an opportunity. Yeah. Do you help Theo? I think, yes, they are impressed by Theo's resolve to take on this Malamar, and that makes them feel more brave, shall we say. Mm. And she, But she's kind of annoyed about it. She she actually goes to leave because she's the door open, and then she's just like... Okay, great. Oh, so she sees an opportunity where she this? could... The barrier is slightly fading because the Malamar's taking damage. What is this small feeling that I have that tells me I cannot leave this room, but I wish to... But something says I can't. All right, Theo, here I come. Mrs. W dives onto this pile, Theo, and just as these unknowns are starting to close over your face and block your vision, you see, crumb, crumb, ripping the unknowns away, the face of Mrs. W, who says, You don't want these to take over you, Theo. That's not a good way. Oh, but you're welcome. Isn't it? Is it not a good way? Is it not? You know what? I should have left you to die in the eyes. The eyes, but you know what? Come on, keep fighting. No sooner are these unknowns off you, Theo, than the Malamar is coming at you again, Ali, with a... With a psycho cut. Awesome. Okay, it's coming at you with a psycho <laughs> cut, Togekiss. How are you going to respond? You and Theo, freed from this unknown pile. Well, could I ask a question? I know we agreed that we said that it wasn't a creative advantage or a dazzling gleam, but... Theo did describe it as quite light. Do we see anything in the room a little bit? Like a flash of something or like what's around us or is it just an empty room? Uh, Tom, you get you get to decide. Mrs. W, what do you see illuminated by this dazzling gleam that you know is the most important part of this room? Uh, okay, it's a big eye. It's a huge, huge it's eye. It's a big like unknown eye, but it looks like a door, I guess, or like a window or something. But it's a white unknown rather than... So it's a white unknown with a black... What would you describe that part of your eye? Not the I iris. I think it's called so the whites, isn't it? So. The whites, exactly. But it's now the yeah, blacks yeah. of the eye and then the actual Reverse eye bit is monochrome. then... It's a, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. negative unknown. This is what is illuminated in the room. And as, as the Psycho Cut fires at you, Togekiss, you see this horrendous Malamar actually looking to take up a position to guard this 
area, as if to say, do not come here. This is... I know it was illuminated, but don't look at the big eye. You weren't allowed to turn the lights on. I turned the lights off that for was a reason. A cheat. You cheated. You were meant to have a minus two. <laughs> yes, you were supposed to be really losing right now. <laughs> I was meant to be striking fear into your hearts, but no. <laughs> okay, uh, so Thea, how, how do you respond to the Psycho Cup? Um, does... Theo also spots this door, sure. or is this just spotted yeah. by... No, no, okay. I think so, I made the... Mrs. W spot it, but it's illuminated. Uh, we have all seen yes. that I think that Theo turns to Togekiss and says, dodge the Malamar and air slash that door. Ooh. Okay, so... So create an advantage, create an advantage. Okay. Slash. Great, 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 great. All right, roll plus speed, please, Togekiss. Has has one stat that isn't amazing. Well, speed is two. It's a, it's a two speed. So <laughs> awful, oh, awful. So actually, the reveal oh. of the door was Only my a secret positive. plan to give you a minus one. <laughs> see, ah, smart. Make make Togekiss use speed for their. Togekiss is afraid of doors, and as a result, <laughs> Togekiss gets a minus three. Um, so I rolled a five and a three plus a two for a ten. You cannot beat this oh, thing, goodness. <sighs> Is Togekiss the final boss? I, feel like I sort of feel definitely like... definitely a reason that it's this powerful. Um, okay, so this was a... Um, Has it ever lost? Advantage. No. That did yeah. uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's no negative version negative, of any of these. Yeah. It's just you pick two good things that you get. So create an advantage is... Could I leap in here and say that, can I do one that I know is on the list and one that yep. is custom? Which I guess, well, one would be get the enemy where I want them, because I imagine that by doing this, I'm positioning Malamar away from the door. That is part of this move. The second one, is it some way possible to, to have the other one be the door is in some way damaged, opened, exposed in some way, some Surely damage opened. is done to the door, Surely something opened. is done to the door. So I think, yes, you could definitely have the door is, force your foe where you want them, is away from the door and your air slash can shatter that monochromistic unknown. What was the other one you were taking? You can take a bonus one, David, if you want. Oh, I'll take a bonus one. I'm going to take minus one harm forward. Is that okay, okay? No, it's almost like you've got an extra armor. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. You sure you don't want to heals? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to be like, and somehow this air slash heals Swadloon for one half. And then it's like, can't, can't get away with that. Can't um, get away with that. Okay, you you shatter the door. The Malamar reacts. <laughs> with rage at seeing this precious door absolutely shattered. And beyond it, Theo, you see some iridescent rainbow lights. And you see a lot of coloured unknowns just drifting in this space beyond the door and the Malamar is attempting to block it with its tentacles but you see through it these, these coloured unknowns just drifting spherically, undulating in some kind of space beyond the door. You hear voices. Indistinct voices from... Oh, hello there, kitty! <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if the Jets is the O. Imagine if that is where we're all going to. Because I just simply, we already know who the O is, and somehow that still happens. So, what exactly is an IV? Help, please, somebody. This isn't where I. I should say you. Yes, dissertation is boring. Can you pass the stage? I don't have any more questions to ask. How many people are in the church again? That's What's a the red card? card? Where are the toilets? Oh, look, a pen. I met Slocum. Poker, what? Wow, this region's got a lot of quirky ideas. Oh, look. The final time. I love you, Mum. I wish I were a midsection These character. These voices are awfully meta.
Okay, Malamar is now flopping towards you, tentacles out, and is going for a a night slash similar to the one that Fedora fired at an unknown earlier. And as you see this tentacle unknown mass coming down at you at incredible speed, Togekiss Theo, how are you going to respond? I mean, I think I think we're going to have to go back to the classics. I think Togekiss, unspoken, goes for another dazzling gleam. Okay. And this time special. it is a single meteoric dazzling gleam right Love at... Love that. Right into the beak. Right into that little schnoz. Okay. Roll... <laughs> I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna impose another there for a second. I was just waiting with Jason there. <laughs> um, for any any form. Roll, uh, roll to his charm stat. Um, <laughs> yeah. and... Roll two d two. So I rolled a four and a four plus a three. Course. For a nice juicy eleven. You'll get your due, Togekiss. One day. One day you'll get your due. She was I'm honestly genuinely planning the final boss to be Togekiss, because at the moment <laughs> Togekiss terrifies me. Yeah. strong. Togekiss will already um, <laughs> take down all three of our combined teams. Mr. E, Mr. E, make another wisdom save against Togekiss. Oh, um, against Togekiss? Okay. People right, yeah. I feel like people right now are like, I need to see Togekiss be Honkstro. <laughs> like, this is... We've set up two huge, huge, powerful powerhouses uh, here. There's only one winner there, mate. Um, uh, I got a seven. You're still suplexed. Okay. <laughs> suplexed! Um, right, so Ooh. this is just damage. This is just damage. Okay, let's roll the damage. So you're at three, two, but it's super effective again. So it's three plus, three plus your D4, David. So this one was a two. This time, the fates have gone against me for just a bit, a mere two on that five D4. Five damage. So that's five it's damage. to take down the Mega Malamar. <laughs> Look at David's face. Look at that shrink-seating grin. <laughs> David, uh, describe this meteor entering the uh, the cephalopod mouth of this horrendous beast and destroying it, presumably, from the inside. Uh, like a snake uh, disconnecting its jaw, the beak just opens wider and wider and wider until it's sort of like a, a gaping maw of a, of a Malamar. And uh, Togekiss just blithely stares at it and fires a gigantic... Or sort of Kamehameha of dazzling glee into the maw of this mouth that it swallows and like a bomb in the belly of a beast detonates. Mrs. W shields her eyes. It's like somebody put some dynamite in a tin of alphabet soup. It is just letters <laughs> and fluid There's everywhere. Entrails everywhere. Viscera, gubbins, giblets. All of us vomit. <laughs> Everyone is covered in bits and pieces of liquid and body and flesh, and it is. Well, like, what if the unknown suddenly become really docile mm. and then float? Maybe they turn, like, white as well. Um, yeah, so dotted around in the air are these floating, unknown. defeated eyes. Mrs. W, you're wiping away the entrails from your eyes. Ugh. Ugh. Well, just another day, I suppose. <sighs> Eating the crap from the floor. <laughs> I wish this was the first time I'd been covered in the entrails of a mystical creature, but, well, I've got some stories to tell you at some point, so... Uh... I must say, you have rather impressed me. I have never helped anyone in my life. You're the first. So, congratulations. You have t- you have received my mercy. 
Thank you. Uh, I could have I could have done with you receiving your Pokemon in that battle, but I will take Mercy as a suitable consolation prize. Uh, we... Oh, you know me, Theo. I never had Pokemon. I just had I just had Prime. You know. You. Well, Actually, you had that Malamar. Don't know how to trade Pokemon. That's not my thing. <laughs> oh, I did have that's... Malamar, yes, but uh, you defeated them. They ran away. We are alive. <laughs> yes, e, we are alive. No thanks oh. to you. I did it. I beat the Malamar. Oh. Uh, and uh, at what point in the trying to assassinate me did you think this was going to end well if we all survived? Theo. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, look over there! And they run for the door. <laughs> I would just let them go. I actually. Yeah, Theo, think... what do you do? Mystery is just pelting out of the door. Theo's never seen vengeance they didn't want to take. So Theo sends out Cabbage sends out Kabuto. Kabuto. Kabuto, get him. Kabuto. Okay. Um, roll plus cool. Cool is is a plus one. Okay, that's information I didn't know until this moment. A five and a two plus a one, so a mixed success. Okay, you stop Mister E, but in so doing, Cabbage. <sighs> cabbage takes some harm. Cabbage takes some harm. Um, Tom, how does Cabbage take the harm? I think Mr. E's kind of running out the room in quite a comedy sort of flail. And I mean, that's my character, Tom. So sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Ali. Yeah, yeah. Which... So Mr. E's running out of the room in a sort of comedy flail. Yeah, comedy mm. flail. Uh, as as a great Thanks, idea, man. Ali. And then, and then Kabuto can't really read which way to go. So I think Kabuto does the classic, goes for the head and sort of sits on top of Mr. E's head. But in trying to get there kind of takes a couple of punches to the sort of carapace before it sort of sinks its little creepy claw things towards the, the temple so it's kind of like a yeah if you the udders and sort of as if if you move e these things are going straight through your temple okay, so sort mystery of is totally subdued on the floor with cabbage on their head cabbage has taken Seven. Uh, <laughs> two harm cabbage has taken two harm still up <laughs> You know what? It's it's just barely still up. Oh so. god, cabbage. Oh. Poor cabs. Okay, but mystery subdued. Mrs. W is with you, Theo. That that door is open. What do you do? Theo goes over to Mr. E, grabs them, <laughs> and is like, you know, you were such an excellent maker of medicines, but I think you're going to be an even better human shield. So you first. I like this plan. Uh, I can't do anything about that because no, otherwise you your Pokemon apparently will kill me. Click, 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 click. I guess follow me. Or at least blind, mildly blind. Oh. like I mean, we're... <laughs> I would I would say mildly blind. Theo is not a killer. Theo had the opportunity to kill me and didn't. So, mystery, I would I wouldn't be I would be surprised. You would be maimed. Whilst I was in here, I was also trapped in here, so I am also an, a victim of a sort. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, next time you're a victim, maybe you don't try and uh, turn on the other victims and try and throw them okay. to an evil ditch yes. monster. Maybe that one's on me. Mr. E is just going to continue playing the victim. Right now, to us, you're our victim. So, lead the way. In you go. I don't like this. I love it. So, come on. <laughs> Spit spot. So you're, Comedy you're... flail. So you're sending Mr. E flailing into the room. That, that 
the weird, the weird monochromistic unknown room. Voice okay. room. Okay. So with Mr. E at the head, Theo and Mrs. W following a safe distance behind, you enter the mor- monochromistic unknown room. And as you do, those dissonant voices that had been emanating from the room fade as you start to enter, as if they were voices escaping. And as you enter, it's like the seal is being shut and the room itself is self-contained. And within that room are these unknowns just moving in space, some shooting out like solar flares from a nucleic center as they move orbit around an unseen gravitational center. The room itself is cold, dimly lit, the only real illumination coming from the unknowns themselves that seem to slightly glow. And as I said, these are unknowns of color. You have never seen anything other than the traditional black unknown. These ones have a rainbow of of hues to them. Everything from lion's mane to pearl dust. Millennial pink. Mm. Millennial pink. There is an absolute spectrum and you realise that the voices that have been emanating were occasionally percolated from these unknowns. One of their eyes would occasionally twitch and a voice would escape. Ah, I left the stove on. And then it would return to its orbit. Mr. E, you enter first and each of you, as you walk across the threshold, it's like you feel a certain unknown within that orbit calling to you. A certain lettered unknown, a certain colour unknown calling to you. What do you do? So they're just like the normal letter unknowns, mm. but they're just different mm. colours as mm. well. Theo, as you're a player character, I would like to see what you do first, and then I, as an NPC, will support or argue against, but we ultimately will leave with you. There's decision. no immediate harm to Mr. E or anything like that, or the people who went to... I very much feel like my agency has been taken away from me, so... I'm just back to quipping, I guess. Join me here, Mr. E, in the quip zone. It's quite comfortable, actually. Mm, Did you make that cushion? No pressure. Uh, Now I know what it must feel like to have Pete and Tukey in Kenny's mind at all times. Yes, bloody annoying, isn't it? Isn't it really annoying? (laughs) (laughs) Does anyone else find the quip zone weirdly attractive? (laughs) You know what, Mr. E, that's the best thing you've said all day. Yes. Yeah. Um, So I think Theo... Theo sees this unknown that they are that they are particularly drawn to, and the unknown seems equally drawn to them. What color? What color is it, Theo? And what letter is it? I think it is green, and I think it's a T. So you see a T green in this circular orbit, like a mass of fish almost circling around. There's one that you spot, and you're like, "That, that's that's mine." I don't know why. I, I don't know what that means, but that's that's mine. Theo, be careful. Don't don't be rash here. I'm freaking out a little bit. Next to the green, there is another letter that is almost partnered with that T green. It's a J, and it's silver. No bloody way. <laughs> no way. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? Oh my sloking. Here we what? go. Lots of listeners are like, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) (laughs) That is a niche 
niche moment. Are we saying Jay Silver of Adrian for Vermont's? I don't know Apparently, what that means what yet. We thought, but what we thought, Adrian Vermont's father. This seems like too good an opportunity to pass up. Sure. I Jay mean, Silver. Theo, or... Theo, like any normal person, has no concept of the symbolism of a silver jay. And so <laughs> Theo... Don't even give it a second glance. <laughs> just is that sure? But Get Theo... out of the way, Jay. <laughs> Move! <laughs> Theo sees these paired letters and almost as if they have no say in this motion, they raise their two hands up as if sort of preparing to sort of cup a chick you know when you're like given a chick when you go on a school trip to a farm mm. and you sort of hold mm. it in your in your hands like that theo just sort of offers their hands up as if looking for arms a-l-m-s not a-r-m-s i'm not seeking <laughs> yeah, I know it's famously famously um so theo raises their hands up uh, to, to hopefully receive this unknown ironically if one unknown were to have arms it probably would be the t one yes yeah, true the green tea floats out from the circle makes its way over to your palms, Theo. The unknown eye locks with yours and you find yourself unable to look anywhere else. The tunnel vision consumes you until this green light starts to bleed into your vision and you find yourself falling, falling away from the reality that you know yourself in to a completely different space, a space that we'll find out about next time. Jack Black, they're all there. Betty White, pink, all the colours there to watch Theo channel their inner Elsa and step quite literally into the unknown. Not that I wish to whet the appetite for our next episode, folks, but it is a huge episode. One people may have been expecting for a long time and genuinely game-changing. If you're wondering why we've named this arc Destiny Bond, you may have a few more clues very soon. Till then, however, let me do some thank yous. First and foremost, as always, our incredible patrons. We love you all so very, very much. This week's special patron is Brother Figgles, whose voice was used as the previously this week. Still waiting on those from a lot of you patrons, so please do send them in. Um, I am talking to the wonderful folk such as Nicholas Rubio, Thank you. Thank you, Zachary Turing, Elena Mihailov, Mr. Man, Anorak, Purple Turkey, Not That Nick, Brandon Wood, Tommy Portillo, Mark Smith, Brad Demon Dowker, Mike Cabbages, Dr. Ranny, Jeremby's Mum, DGZ, Alex W, Crispy, Huxley Spicer, Beth Chivers, Jam, Heather L. Snell, Betsy Lewin Lee, Darius Jakowski, 
Polkadash 55, Andre Resendiz, Ellie Lieberman, Jeremby, Carrie Morrison, Scott M, Dr. Megaman PhD, Hi Killy, Kaikopin Cosplay, Big Fat Nuke, Jonah Jackson, Josh Anderson, Alchemage, Cesar Trevino, Force Majeure, Crandon Creations, Eric Eichinger, Millamoy, Ginny Voss, and the Games Master, Alastair Collinson. Thank you all so, so much for your continued patronage and support. If you wish to join this fantastic bunch of people, support the show, be on the show, get bonus content and so much more, you can go to patreon.com forward slash critical ditto for more information. And if you cannot support the show, that is of course totally fine. You can leave a simple rating and review for the podcast on your podcast app and that will hugely help us out too. Thank you as always to Michael Sands, the creator of the tabletop role-playing game Monster of the Week, which is the game system we have hacked for Pocket Monster of the Week, which we play sometimes on this show. Thank you to our musical and sound effect gurus, Glitch X City, Epidemic Sound and Braxton Burks and the Material Collective. Thank you to a couple of people, personal friends of mine that, you know, created Pokemon, Junichi Masuda, Satoshi Tajiri. Uh, despite them being my personal friends, we are not affiliated with Game Freak Nintendo or the Pokemon Company. We are not-for-profit and fan-made. Thank you to you for listening, and thank you to David, Tom, and Stu for playing with me, being my friends, and everything in between. Follow us on Twitter, at Critical Ditto. Follow us on Instagram at Critical Pod and join our Discord. Details of how you can join the Discord can be found on our Twitter page. It's a wonderful place. And finally, go and be the very best like no one ever was. In other words, just be yourself. Cut in on some biting political satire. Well, if biting political <laughs> satire well, is is calling Liz Truss, <laughs> Liz Trussy Cat, was it? Then yes. Home. Wait, oh my. Liz Trussy oh my. I'd like it if we all forgot that I did it, but I <laughs> will. No, I don't. With... I like it.